Hey, yo, Moo Moos. What up? What it do? <laughs> uh, hello, and welcome to the Fourth the Sun podcast. Uh, this is a podcast that's all about mama, mama, moo, mama, moo. Uh, and specifically, this is a sandbox area that I've carved out for myself within the worldwide Washington uh, to openly stand, you know, the, the four ladies that make up Mama Moo. Uh, so you know them, you love them, and apparently half of y'all are married to them in <laughs> your dreams. No shade. Uh, uh, but yes, I'm talking about Solar, Moonbeal, Wien, and Wasa, OT, a.k.a. OT4. Uh, yay! Um, I, I wanted to come back. It's been a while, but I want to come back and just talk about the uh, Incheon... In, I don't even know if I'm saying it right, but the Incheon Airport Sky Festival. Today we're going to be focusing on that just that one thing um, because, you know, some shit went down <laughs> during that festival and I have a lot of ground to cover. Uh, so we're just going to jump right in, right? So I'm c- recording this on Sunday, September 25th, 2022. And yesterday, September 24th, uh, Mamamoo appeared at the 2022 Incheon uh, airport sky festival and talk about a dramatic roller coaster of events. Um, <laughs> wow. So the, the main thing that happened is that we got hurt. And when I saw it go down, like my heart was in my throat. Like I, uh, I know, uh, I, as well as, you know, the entire fandom was like, Oh no. And it quickly turned into, you know, I hope she's okay. And uh, basically, like, when she didn't come back out. So, and also there's, you know, some low-grade, you know, anger, you know, there that's lingering that, you know, in terms of the girl's safety, right? You know, because it was at risk. So basically, you know, it was a crazy-ass day. And, um, but, you know what, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. So let me let me take a moment. Let me set the scene. And then I'll give kind of a, a play-by-play of what went down uh, during the event. And uh, then at the end, I'll kind of... Um, uh, share some final thoughts of things that I've been uh, thinking about. I mean, I won't say that they're all fully organized because, you know, to some extent, I'm still reacting to, right, as with all of you. Um, but I'll try to encapsulate just that rough draft of my feelings towards the event and kind of what went down, again, towards the end of the episode. Um, but let's take a step back. So, again, Saturday, September 24th, Mamamoo is in a, a lineup of the Sky Festival, uh, and really, so based on the first announcements, the, the, the lineup included, you know, such names as The Boys, Mamamoo, Kepler, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, because uh, again, it has numbers in the name, and, and that's basically my, my kryptonite, uh, but Kepler, and then, you know, and again, I'm not going to pronounce any of these right, Vivi's, Urban Zakapa, Lee Sukhyun, and Gaho. Uh, my apologies <laughs> if I messed up uh, all of those names. I'm so sorry. Uh, these days, I really only pay attention to Mama Moo, which is for soloists, uh, two-ish uh, subunits, and the group itself. So I don't, I don't know other groups. I don't. I, so all those names, I don't even know who those people were. And there's only 24 hours in a day, and I'm probably even misspelling or mispronouncing, excuse me, uh, Incheon itself. Uh, I hope y'all know I'm also country. So, so I'm just saying, please find it cute. And uh, cut me some slack here. But again, those are, you know, when the first announcement came out, those are the other folks in the lineup. So anyways, the the event itself was broadcasted live on uh, multiple YouTube channels, including, you know, One the K, It's Live, uh, NBC K-Pop, and uh, also the official uh, channel for the Incheon Airport. So, 
you know, let me tell you, it is refreshing <laughs> to have so many options to watch uh, something in terms of uh, Korean content, because, you know, usually, you know, it's something only in Korea uh, and for international moves like myself, you know, we have to do like all kinds of elaborate steps, you know, to, you know, like we got to like walk through a hobbit door and then, you know, gather the eyelashes of hummingbirds and then, you know, outwit a mighty dragon in a game of riddles in order to see the content that we want to see in Korea. <laughs> so on, I'll just say it was, again, refreshing to be able to just press, press play on the YouTube and just watch. So, um, and I'll just say that, you know, the event itself, um, you know, it was a real deal. So I know uh, folks who are new like me may have had maybe the, the wrong image in mind when it was first announced. So uh, here's an early comment from uh, Greasy uh, Southwest Fall Spring, so Greasy SWFS, um, which kind of gave some more content about the event as it was announced. So, you know, a direct quote, and this is from Twitter, you know, so uh, this account said, you know, I saw some people thinking Mamamoo were going to be performing inside an airport because it's called the Incheon Airport Sky Festival, but it's actually a huge outdoor festival. Uh, the lineup in 2019 included tw uh, Red Velvet, uh, Chunga. Stray Kids, NCT Dream, and The Boys. So it's actually big. Um, and I don't know if there will be as many people this year uh, because of COVID, but Mamamoo are definitely one of the big headliners for the festival. So end quote. Um, and on the day of the event, you know, I actually agree. So, you know, yo, that, that the crowd was huge. I mean, anytime they showed the crowd pictures, it was like a sea of people. And, <laughs> and I actually thought it was cute that like everybody was sitting in a chair and, and for the most part, I think everybody stayed seated, you know, during the concert. And then, um, I immediately thought about how, uh, that type of crowd organization would never <laughs> fly here in America. Like, oh my gosh, like we're so uncouth. Um, you know, you'd literally sit down and then have someone that's six foot five stand directly in front of you uh, in your quaint little chair. <laughs> so, I mean, to some extent, I wish we had that kind of ability to be organized that way. Um, but anyway, so uh, long story short, so the, the concert itself, it started at uh, 7 p.m. local Korean Standard Time, and there were seven acts uh, in the lineup on the day. And early on, like kind of, we, we kind of knew Mamamoo would go on later uh, because, you know, they're the baddest and they are a big draw. Um, but, and, and some were even saying that Mamamoo would, you know, should have even come last, right? So I think we saw it in, or I first saw it in the Queendom um, TV show where, you know, the final slot was very coveted and it was actually a high honor because you're essentially uh, the main event, right, that closes the show if you're in that final slot. Uh, but we all know uh, that if Mamamoo had their way, you know, they would probably try to go on first so that their voices are fresh and uh, they can take it, uh, you know, back to the house um, as soon as possible. So, you know, I think they learned this uh, through all of their appearances on Immortal Songs. Um, you know, it was to their advantage to go first, right? So because it's less fatigue, it's less waiting. Um, it's just a better slot, you know, from their perspective. So <laughs> and and it just goes to show Mamamoo is so unique, right? So I know they're like, you know, fuck the honorable slot. Like, can we go first? And then, the you know, the concert promoters were like, nah, you, you got to go toward the end. And they're like, fine. Um, but, uh, and yes, that's how the conversation went in my mind. I love them. Uh, but anyway, back to the festival. So you know, early on, everybody was anticipating Mamamoo to go not in the last lot, but maybe it's like second to last. So number six in uh, the lineup of seven. Right. Um, and so, you know, a lot of us, <laughs> I mean, if you're anything like me, 
I settled in and I was thinking I was going to be in for the long haul, you know, like a three hour tour. Right. And I'll just say this as well. We also know that anything can happen in a festival like they can change the lineup at any time with no notice. Right. So, you know, I was just going to I was intent to just sit there, settle in and watch the whole thing because you never know. And no, they are not going to catch me slipping. Oh, no, 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 no. I have been waiting too long for this. And uh, this is way too important. So I settled in. I was ready to wait, um, you know, for hours, basically. And I have to say, uh, you know, overall, like they kept the lineup moving. Right. So, you know, every artist, I think, had about like 15 minutes. And the transition from one artist to the next was about one, two minutes. Like they just, you know, kept it moving. And I appreciate that. And I remember uh, thinking like it was around like 45 minutes in and they were actually like on their third or fourth artist. Right. So they were moving very quickly. Um, And then. As, you know, it was moving along, we actually got a better gauge of the target time for Mamamoo to come out. And I think Luna Estrelados, the the Twitter uh, profile um, account, uh, they, I mean, they're my number one go-to store. So I'll probably, you know, reference them a lot throughout this podcast. I highly recommend, you know, if you're not on Twitter and you're not following them, you need to follow them. Um, But... Um, you know, so they, Luna Estrelados, that account, they announced, um, that Mamamoo would be going on around like 820 or so, uh, local Korean time. Um, so that's, you know, if it started at seven, so that's about, you know, roughly an hour and a half, a little bit less. And then we were already at Mamamoo. So, you know, that was lovely, uh, overall. I mean, I thought, honestly, I thought it would be more like 920, um, or later, right? And I know everybody was rejoicing. <laughs> so, um, you know, the lineup was moving along. And I actually, I did enjoy some of the acts. So, you know, going back to Kepler, and again, I hope that's their name. Um, there was like one song that they were singing, and it, I think it involved the word galaxy, like da-da-da-da, galaxy, galaxy. And it was really nice. It was a nice vibe. So I actually made a note to myself to like look up that song afterward, and because it was a good song. Uh, but, you know, it was it wasn't the best overall because like early on, we kind of noticed some themes that we'll see again as they impact Mamamoo later. But so the first thing that was very noticeable was that the camera angles were so sporadic, like, you know, and I know a, a, a few others online had the same thought because, you know, there are these like extreme close ups and then like these random angles. And then they do like, you know, they, they you just see face uh, during the chorus of the songs, and everybody, who, you know, with half a brain cell knows that, you know, during the chorus of the song, they usually do a wide shot so they can catch the killing point dances. So they weren't doing any of that. And then, you know, there's just like a lot of um, questionable decisions um, from a di- direction standpoint, which was kind of odd. Um, so that was the first thing. And then like the second thing, we also noticed that the backing track for the artists was set very high. So some artists were actually singing live, but the backing track was so high, they got drowned out. And we definitely saw that with Mama Moo. Like they were singing for their lives, <laughs> trying to be above the backing track, which was just just crazy. So yeah, so the, the sound was off, the camera angles were off, um, but you know, it, it is what it is. So so here we go. So then Mama Moo comes out and I was so geeked up at this point like when the splash graphics uh for uh, mamamoo came out like i was almost out of my seat um here at home and it was just so fucking cool um you know we're finally seeing mamamoo again uh and they're all together and they're in front of a live audience and yo like when they came out like dear listener it was thrilling like just thrilling i mean talk about an adrenaline rush like it was just so 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 cool to see them in their element which is the stage like just oi um so first uh let's talk about what they were wearing uh because i like to kind of dissect it even though i'm not a, a 
big fashion person, um, I but I do appreciate it. And just let me tell you, like they all looked so good um, and, you know, just gorgeous overall. So the first thing that jumped out at me was the fact that they all had dark hair uh, tones. Uh, which, you know, doesn't happen often, actually, because, you know, Moonbule, you know, she ha- usually rocks a lighter uh, hair tone or, or some other color like red or, or anything else. You know, the fact that they were all wearing the dark um, hair tones all at the same time is actually kind of rare. I mean, we've seen it before, but it's it doesn't happen that often. Let me just say it that way. And, you know, on a lot of us who live online, right, we were low-key surprised about Solar, you know, in her darker toned brown hair because, you know, earlier that day, you know, folks were trolling. <laughs> folks were trolling online and just making up lies, right? You know, like y'all lying ass liars. I'm just saying, and I say that with love. You know, they had us. People had us thinking that Solar, you know, cut and dyed her hair uh, because somebody I don't even know who, right? Somebody mentioned that they saw it and it looked super cute. And of course, like everybody was like, "Show us," you know. <laughs> I'll just say, mental note, you know, the best way to rile up this fandom is to, you know, dangle a possible haircut in front of us, right? Um, so, but there were no photos forthcoming, right? So I, I fell for it. I'm not going to lie. I fell for it for about a second. Uh, but when there were no photos coming out, I was like, okay, this is suspect. <laughs> and and really, so there was just such wild, I mean, it, just, it set off a lot of speculation, right? And to the point where even Solar, you know, she jumped on Fan Cafe and she actually posted a pic of herself. And in the photo, you know, it was like basically she had this slightly dark hair pulled up into a bun and she looks like she just woke up or something only because she had like no makeup and she was just looking so adorable with like the little cheeks. And um, honestly, she looks so young, right, in the photo uh, to the point where I couldn't tell whether or not it was like actually a recent photo or one taken a few years ago. Um, so, yes, she posted it on Saturday, right? But when was it actually taken? That was my question. Like, was it taken today or was it taken, you know, in yesteryear? <laughs> I just said yesteryear. Uh, listen, I- I'm not that old. <laughs> just step over it. Let's go. Um, so, uh, and the caption for this photo. So on Fan Cafe, the caption for the photo um, said, Moo's. What, what are you doing? See you soon. And then she had some hearts. And so basically, I appreciate it that, you know, Solar, she essentially squashed all the speculation that was happening, like in real time, uh, by posting that pic. And I just love it, you know, like, thank you, Solar Best Leader, for bringing the class back to attention and helping us chill the fuck out. <laughs> it's it so cool. Um, but real quick, side note here. Um, I know that Moonbeal has a burner account. She has to, right? I know that Moonbule is somewhere lurking on social media and specifically Twitter. I think she's on Twitter. And because uh, she's just so locked in on the discussions that the Moomoos are having. So I know Moonbule is lurking, but I've never really thought about Solar kind of being that much online uh, in terms of social media. And uh, I never thought of her having a burner account, you know, um, you know, being anywhere in the trenches with with us. <laughs> so in my mind, and this is wild, uh, you know, unproven speculation, but in my mind, I think Moonbeal may have made the post for Solar uh, because, you know, and, and I'm certain Moonbeal has access to everybody's account. Um, but but and, and one other thing, reason that uh, makes me think this is because Moonbeal, you know, 
even the way she posts, she usually starts with a question like, Moomoo's, what are you doing? Right? That's how Moombuel engages fans. Uh, she always starts that way. And then, um, you know, to me, in my mind, that makes more sense because, you know, maybe Moombuel with her <laughs> burner account on social media, she saw the, the, the chatter and just decided to squash it. Right. And, um, you know, and while we're here, <laughs> I was also thinking about uh, Solar's recent uh, post on Instagram. You know, I, I think that was probably inspired by Moonbule as well because Solar posted herself and she was wearing blue uh, and it, it showed a blue heart uh, in the, the caption that, you know, these blue hearts have been popping up. All the members have been posting heart blue hearts and, you know, all the fans think it's a spoiler. And at this point, we, we, th- we know it's a spoiler, but we don't know what it means. Uh, so, she, so Solar, she posts herself wearing blue and then the caption says, you know, Moomoo's favorite blue color or something like that, right? And <laughs> and she was, this is Solar now, she was trolling us like, oh my gosh. So, and, and again, I love it. It was such, it was so, such a good move. Um, and it was so unexpected as well, right? So, but to me, isn't that more of a Moombeal shtick, right? To be trolling like that than, than a Solar thing. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if like, Moonbeal gave Solar the inspiration to do the trolling, uh, <laughs> or maybe even Moonbeal did it herself. Uh, because, uh, and I'll even say, you know, Moonbeal is the the archivist, right? She's the one that's taking most of the photos, anyways. And in the IG post, there's like a, a picture in the uh, uh, the the stack or whatever of. of uh, a post within, you know, it was one post that had like four or five different pictures. And one of the pictures, you know, Solar's in an elevator and she's kind of getting tended to by a stylist. Um, and it's something about the way uh, Solar is looking at whoever's taking the photo. It makes me, be, me believe that it was Moonbeal, right? <laughs> I mean, look at that photo again. She is just like done and, ex- you know, exasperated. And that's the exact look she gives Moonbeal all the time. So, of course, it's Moonbeal, right? So I think uh, taking the photo at least. And then I think also, you know, her fingerprints are all over the trolling itself. And <laughs> and again, this is just my wild speculation. Um, and it's probably absolutely wrong. Uh, and it was, in fact, Solar, you know, just kind of keeping us all in line in both instances, right, on, on the fan cafe as well as Instagram. Um, uh, but I just wonder, because, again, it just feels a little bit more Moonbeal than Solar, you know, with the trolling and uh, the fact that she had such a... Uh, you know, in real time, she knew what was going on on uh, places like Twitter and social media. <laughs> so uh, anyways, so uh, but I digress. So what, I've, what was I even talking about? <laughs> hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, the hair. <laughs> Sorry. Um, you know, listen, I have it's been a long time. I have an open mic. I'm excited, you know, and then my mind just wanders. Just, you know, just let's just keep going. So Solar had dark brown hair and it's like a like a sable brown mane of hair. Right. Uh, and it just looks so luxurious. And let me just say, like, Solar looked gorgeous uh, <laughs> and I, I emphasis on just gorgeous like underline every word all caps you know like oh my god like every time she came on the screen I was actually bias wrecked um you know like you know it, it was just crazy so so solar was there and and all the girls had on some variation of white um and uh solar was in all white uh and she had you know kind of like a, a short uh, skirt number and, you know, and throughout her whole person, she had like a, a lot of straps. Right. And I think across the top, 
you know, she had on like a white cropped uh, jacket, you know, with long sleeves that almost looked like a harness. And somebody posted a picture that maybe Moonbeal actually wore that same cropped jacket in her, I want to say her um, fan meeting event. And um, uh, so, you know, so there's maybe possibly that connection there uh, in that we may have seen it before, but on Moonbeal. And she was also uh, rocking, you know, like a white tee with, um, it had like black and white images of somebody's face. I, I checked to see if it was like her face, but it was somebody else's face. And uh, there were, you know, different uh, poses of the face. And it was a black and white. Um, and the, the, the face is kind of repeated in panels, like separate panels, almost like a comic book, right? Um, and it was very, you know, Andy Warhol-esque in terms of the, the, the way the, the image, you know, even though each image was different, it kind of had that repeaty to it and that's kind of his shtick there and then you know down below I, I don't I don't remember what kind of shoes she was wearing um but she had on these kind of thigh uh straps that led down to like a knee-high fabric and they made it look like it was a knee-high boot um but I think it was just a pair of like white jeans fabric that was like draped in a way that looked like a boot uh it, it also had like a zipper and I know uh someone <laughs> out there is like shuddering at, at how little I know about fashion um, you know, I, 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 it's interesting to me and that's why I engage with it. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, I'm sure everything I just described actually has like a real name and, and, uh, uh, definition, but that was just what I saw. And Solar was also wearing, you know, red nail polish. And again, Solar looked damn good <laughs> with a T, right? Um, just so high five to her. And I just want to say that even right now, like, you know, Solar was my favorite look for the day. Um, you know, but everybody looked wonderful. And then Moonbeal. So Moonbeal was rocking black hair with bangs. Um, it's the same styling that she had from the recent, uh, better video, but this time like all of her hair was down and flowing instead of like in, in like a partial ponytail uh, situation. And actually I love this look on her. Like, even though, um, w my favorite will always be, you know, the, the silver gray or the blonde looks, um, I love this styling as well. And, um, so she was wearing her now trademark, you know, like kind of tight white tee that, that kind of shows off her midriff. And then it was covered with a, a cropped long sleeve shirt. And your girl was out here wearing like black, gray and white cropped, uh, flannel, right? So it looked kind of flannelly. Um, and you know, it also had some trains in the front that were kind of draped, um, almost kind of droopy to do like a closure. And, and you know what? I, I actually think it worked. I mean, it was a very super cute look overall. And then, you know, just to finish up, she had on, you know, it looked like uh, a pair of like white cargo pants that were um, tucked into a pair of white combat boots. Uh, so it kind of gave her like a pantaloon <laughs> type of a look, you know, very stylish. And again, it was just a great look. I, that's all I got to say, you know, uh, and, and, it, now I have a picture of all of them in my head and everybody looks so good. I mean, it's almost overwhelming. Um, so, so that was Moonbeal. And then, so next let's go to Wasa. So Wasa, now, you know, Wasa always looks good, right? So homegirl was feeling herself as always and rightfully so, um, as she should, right? <clears throat> and, you know, I, I love the look that she was wearing when she was standing still, you know? So if she was just, you know, walking and standing still, I thought it was great. I love the whole vibe. But when she started moving <laughs> and doing any kind of choreo, that was another story. Uh, but, I, but I'll get to that. So here's what Wasa was wearing. So, uh, you know, and I'm going to try my best to describe it with my limited, you know, fashion terms. 
but up top, you know, Wasa was wearing like a sheer purple long sleeved um, top. And, and that was like the base, right? And then overlaid on top of that, she had like a, a whitish, um, kind of like creamish, <laughs> beige-ish um, camisole, right? Uh, it, it was type of a top. And then both layers, um, you know, it had her, they both had the midriff open. And then the camisole layer, you know, it kind of tapered to a point over her stomach. So folks were remarking that she was, you know, gaining more and more confidence and showing off her belly button. Um, and and I've been noticing that as well. So, you know, any fan of the group may have noticed that Wasa tends to pull her pants up, <laughs> like very high. And honestly, it's, it's all in an um, effort to, to cover her belly button, right? Everybody has an insecurity. Everybody has a thing. And historically, her thing has been, you know, her, she didn't have a lot of confidence in showing off her belly button. So, you know, sexy as she is, like, she never, uh, you know, uh, wanted to show it off. So now, though, she's been showing it off a lot more and is super cute and just want to say good for her. So, so up to, that was up top. So now on the bottom, though, so at the bottom, she was wearing like a skirt that had like a slit all the way up to her upper thigh. Um, and it had that kind of stylish, like peasant <laughs> look uh, to it, you know, very boutique, very um, bohemian. I was actually trying to search online for something similar. And in the word that came up, get this, they use the word cottage core <laughs> to describe that look. I had never heard that word before. So cottage core. Um, <laughs> and to me, I mean... It was just funny, uh, but, you know, the type of skirt was the type that you would wear if you were, like, walking through Greece on holiday, right? Um, and, you know, and Hwasa, just overall, she always looked sensual. She always looked stylish. Um, she was showing a lot of skin, you know, on display. She had, like, her thigh meat all out. Um, and then she had, like, a little bit of a bangle on her ankle. And, you know, I, as always, I think her makeup was amazing. And, you know, she was just out here looking like a tanned goddess, right? And I thought the overall look was dope as hell. Um, but like I said, all that being said, and, and I, and I hate to say this, but you know, cause y'all know I love me some Wasa, you know, I love her so much. It's embarrassing, <laughs> but, uh, uh, even though it was an excellent outfit overall for the look, it was not a good outfit for choreography. I'm sorry, but it wasn't because it, it wasn't functional, right? You know, it wasn't functional and that made it problematic. You know, she was fighting with it. Just from the start, she was fiddling with her clothes throughout the entire performance. She was pulling stuff up. She was straightening this. She was pushing this down. Like she, it was just really unfortunate, right? Both the top and the bottom. So you know, the top, she was filling in with the straps, even the cups in the bodice part, right? And then on the skirt, you know, that was giving her issues. And and real quick, circling back to that skirt, like I actually looked at it again, and I honestly think her skirt was actually a full dress <laughs> and that Hwasa just probably rolled it or tucked up, you know, tucked the top portion and actually made it into a skirt. Um, because when I looked at it again, it was, it was a lot of fabric around the middle, which is just random. And, um, you know, so again, when she was standing still, she rocked the shit out of it. It was great. Um, and again, I love the look overall, but like once she started moving, she was fighting with it. And then, you know, again, her top kept slipping down. You know, she kept having to adjust. And, and again, mind you, I've, I've watched plenty of fan cams in my day. <laughs> so she usually does an adjustment maybe like once or twice a song or something like that. Um, when she's not singing, maybe she's in the background or whatever. But this time she was like fiddling with it with every step. 
And, you know, and again, I, I'll just put it out there. You know, I didn't see anything, but I think there were some wardrobe malfunctions. I don't know if it was the top or the bottom. I don't know. I didn't see anything. But if you guys see anything, please block support and report and don't share. Right. You know, this just give her that courtesy. Um, so let me read a comment uh, that mentions kind of the same thing that I was seeing. So there's a, a Twitter user called Heggy Forever. So uh, and they were saying uh, direct quote. Here we go. Uh, a little word to Hejin's stylist. I have no doubt that she wanted to wear that push-up bustier, but I wish that she had secured it well enough to protect her. It kept slipping. Uh, between that and whatever that skirt was and then question mark, she looked very restricted and uncomfortable. I wish they'd take more care with styling uh, Hejin so that no, there are no more hips, mishaps like today. Uh, excuse me. So no more mishaps like today would happen. And I wish that they would coordinate her outfit a little bit more with the rest of the members. Hejin is out of this world stunning, but it's uh, no thanks to her stylist, which puts her, uh, it's no thanks to what her stylist puts her in at times. I kind of fumbled a little bit through that, but you guys get the gist. And I want to say thank you to uh, Heggy Forever for that comment, because I agree. Um, you know, Wasa is too cute to be having all these issues with her wardrobe. Um, and they, they alluded to it, but I, I'll just go ahead and, and um, uh, reinforce it. You know, I, I also think, you know, Hwasa, she picks her what she wants to wear, right? So, you know, the blame, I mean, if you can even call it that, I'll just say, you know, the, the responsibility, I feel like, goes to both the stylist and Hwasa together, right? Because my sense of it is Hwasa is, um, you know, uh, has a very distinct sense of herself and, and what she had a clear vision for what she wants to wear. And like one example, you know, let's take the iconic example of like that red bodysuit she wore for mama. You know, the stylist kind of find out that, you know, the stylist fought tooth and nail to, you know, have her wear something else. And, you know, Hwasa was like, fuck y'all. <laughs> this is what the fuck I'm wearing. And the rest is history, right? You know, that look is iconic. And, you know, celebrated even in the face of critics, right? Um, so I don't know for sure, and I'm always wildly speculating, uh, and I could be and, and, and probably am very wrong, um, but I can see that kind of conversation, you know, going down all the time between Hwasa and her stylist, right? <laughs> like, you know, Hwasa's going to Wasa, right? And to some extent, you have to let her do her thing. You know, it's, it's that my way, right? But the stylist needs to make sure that the stuff is secure, right? That is functional and that is well tailored, you know, because rolling out the top of a dress and having it bunched around her waist is not the business, right? <laughs> um, so, Hwasa, if you're listening, you know, please work with your stylist <laughs> and do some lunges and, or something, you know, before, uh, you know, just to make sure everything is right before you go out, um, you know, from a choreography perspective, you know, you look gorgeous as always, and that's trying to take anything away from that. But I want you to have to only focus on your performance instead of, you know, being worried about your clothes, right? Um, and then a quick message to Wasa's stylist, you know, if you're listening, please be strong, right? And play your position. Um, I'll just say it that way. Make sure that Wasa's vision is practical, and that she can move without issues, right? So, like, you know, what happened in Incheon cannot happen again. I mean, um, I'm just saying. So, you know, hug it out. Let's move on. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. Um, and lastly, right, let's move over to Wien. So, Wien, I want to say Wien looked phenomenal as well, right? Um, like, just... I actually, I really loved Wien styling. And, and starting with the hair, she had the long length kind of dark brown hair still. 
Um, you know, at least it looked that way to me because, you know, she just coming off of, uh, she did the Rainbow Festival like last week. And to me, it looked like the same hairstyling between the Rainbow Festival and this festival. And it's very low key, but it, and it's very deceptively simple. Because uh, I know, you know, it's a lot of work put it on just to kind of get it kind of straight and to flow how she wants it to. She, had, I think she had like a middle part and then it was just kind of flowing. I mean, again, and I'll just say, you know, her makeup is always on point these days. And I actually agree with Hwasa, you know, that kind of in the past year, I think, you know, this has been the, the best kind of eyebrow contour um, that Wien has had. Uh, I mean, it just opens up her face and, and she looks so glamorous. I mean, I know I've said this before, but Wien's face and her hairstyling, you know, is just it's just like it, to me, it brings to mind like that classic, almost like 1940s, like Hollywood uh, starlet type of a style. Um, you know, because to me, she just has that classic regal face. Right. Um, and it's very modern. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and it's very now. Uh, but, you know, it's also very classic. <laughs> if I, I don't know. I'm not making any sense. But, you know, to me, her her face is modern, but it's also vintage. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's today, but it's also throwback. And and I, I think that is, is just awesome because not everybody can do that. And, and again, I don't know a better way to explain that. So I don't know if, 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 if the words I just said are even understandable, but that's like my best attempt of, uh, you know, what I love about Wien's face. And I love her face. Um, so what, what was Wien wearing? So up top, Wien had on a, a white jacket and it was slightly oversized, you know, in kind of the, the style that she often gravitates towards. Um, and it looked like she was wearing like a white t-shirt with some black print on it. And it was kind of a matching Solar's uh, t-shirt as well. Um, but on the left, there was some like vertical kind of block lettering uh, in English and, and it was black ink. Um, I didn't catch what the word spelled. Um, uh, so I, I didn't know what, what it said uh, and that was on the left. And then, uh, it looks like she had like a spray painted butterfly, um, kind of fairly large, but not too large, but, but it was across her kind of, um, you know, the center of her chest, but then going off into the right. Uh, so to me, I, I love that. I mean, it was kind of very, very graffiti, right. Very street, uh, very DIY even. Right. And I assume that, you know, she made that shirt herself because she's the artistic queen, um, or maybe, you know, maybe her mom made it for her because I know um, I feel like that's kind of both of their love languages. Um, they uh, like making gifts. Right. Um, so just uh, however it came about, I think the end result looked very good. So that was up top. And then on the bottom, uh, Wien was wearing like a wide uh, pant leg, uh, you know, so wide leg pants, basically, that had um, some black and white uh, color blocking uh, in the form of like it was like circles and rings. Uh, down the legs. And and honestly, so I actually looked again at this uh, before I started recording. And those rings were actually like black and white bullseyes uh, that had their center like on the side of her legs. And then it fanned out, you know, on, onto her thighs. And what was interesting to me, I mean, I, I mean, overall, it's like an interesting design because like what was I thought was cool is the fact that it started you know, with uh, uh, with black as the base color up top, you know, like around her waist. Uh, but then as you get to your ankles, by the time you get down to her, her feet, you know, the color blocking has inverted, right? So then white is the base color at the bottom uh, with the color blocking with the black. So it's just really interesting. I, I, um, I liked it. And then uh, just to kind of finish it off, she was wearing a pair of kicks that had, you know, it was like a white sole with like a black canvas top, I think. 
Um, and just overall, like the overall look was sharp. Um, so the whole thing, you know, it was slightly oversized, but it didn't look sloppy. Right. <laughs> and, um, you know, I know that's like a fine line and, you know, we consistently navigates that styling very well. I mean, she always looks very cool. Uh, and honestly, if I, so I, my favorite was solar, right. But if I, but in terms of, if I had to choose like what I would most likely wear just myself, I would say I would probably wear what Wean is wearing. Um, you know, and again, I absolutely love that look overall. So that's what the girls were wearing, you know, and as a, an entire group kind of standing together, I thought it flowed. Um, you can see, you know, the major emphasis uh, on the color white, um, as well as the black accents. And, and although, you know, there were different shades in there. So, you know, Moonbill had added some shades of gray with her flannel look. And then Wasa added a splash of purple up top, you know, um, you know, but really that's why I love them so much. So, you know, they're, they're all doing something different, um, that kind of suits their individual personalities. Uh, but then when they stand together, you know, that they all go together, right. Uh, as a unit, as a group, as Mama Moo, right. So, um, the group, uh, shot of them together after four months, you know, since the last time we saw them, it, it was just very satisfying overall. And there you have it. So, you know, Mama Moo back and in full effect. Uh, so they all came out and the set list of songs included Starry Night, Hip, Dinga, and Um Oh Ah Yeah. So, okay, here we go. <laughs> so if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a super fan and you already know what happened, right? Um, but you know what? Let's talk about it. Uh, and, and if you don't know what happened, well, you know, here we go. <laughs> um you know, this is kind of where in the story, right, you know, things go left. Um, but let, let me let me let me just tell the story here. Okay, so Mamamoo, they, they get announced. And, you know, again, splash graphics, they come out, you know, everybody is right in the endorphin rush of just seeing them all together, like we've made it to this point, right? You know, the girls are on stage. And this is where they excel. You know, it's it's just glorious, just glory, glorious to see them. Um, and the crowd is into it, you know, and they start off with Starry Night. And, and for one song, everything is so wonderful. <laughs> or was it? Uh, <laughs> sorry for the dramatics. Um, but I went back and I watched Starry Night. You know, I watched it again, you know, just kind of again, before I started recording, I wanted to just refresh everything. And maybe it's because I know what happened. You know, maybe I'm just projecting a little bit onto the performance itself. But I, I think, you know, and watching it again, you know, I feel like the vibe was actually kind of off even from the beginning, you know, right? So, like, you know, did you did anybody sense that too? Like, am I, am I alone or was it just me? Because, you know, watch it again. Because in Starry Night, you know, it starts out and then, like, both Hwasa and Huyen, you know, they're fidgeting, right? They're fidgeting from right from the beginning. We already talked about it. So Huyen was fidgeting with her, her earpiece and her hair, you know, Hwasa was messing around with her clothes, you know, right from jump. Uh, and then, you know, Moonbill, honestly, she was like looking around a little bit more than usual, right? Um, and I, and what the one thing I noticed was that she wasn't smiling. Like, I, I just finished talking about it in like a previous episode, how like I've started to notice more and more how Moonbill will smile. You know, she's enjoying a performance. She'll be smiling um, and she's the one that most likely like interacts with the members, you know, these days. And again, I'm just noticing it. She probably has always been doing this. But what was noticeable to me when they started with Starry Night, you know, she was not smiling. <laughs> I mean, and her head was down more than usual. It was just very noticeable that something wasn't right. 
you know, I mean, I mean, the spacing was off even, you know, like they just looked a little bit, just a little bit uncomfortable. And, um, you know, and honestly, they looked a little uncertain in a way I've never seen them uh, before. Right. So it's kind of, I mean, as a, um, I mean, let me just say, so, you know, of course, they look professional and fabulous. I'm not trying to take away from anything. You know, uh, I'm not taking away from their performance. They were killing it. I'm, I am not taking away from the performance. If, if I was just somebody in the general public, you know, and for that first song, I wouldn't think anything is even wrong. I wouldn't have even noticed anything. But because I, I watch all, a lot of their shows, I watch all their fan camps, you know, um, I, I keyed in on like a vibe. And again, maybe I was projecting. So, I, <laughs> But I keyed in on a vibe, you know, that it just they looked a little bit uncomfortable. And so I, I thought about it and I was like, OK, well, you know, maybe this weird vibe you know, could just be chalked up to them, you know, having just raw nerves and emotion, right? So it's been a long time, um, you know, since the last time they were all together performing in front of, a, or let me say, in front, performing in front of a South Korean crowd, right? Like the hometown crowd. They've been, they they were just in, what was it? Uh, K-pop flex. What was it in Germany? They just did that, you know, that was four months ago, but this is the first time in South Korea in like years, right? And I know they were having a moment <laughs> because, I mean, there's been a clip that's been circling around of uh, Solar, you know, where she's like holding her emotions in check during starting night. Like she even she visibly looks down in order to compose herself so that she can, you know, look back up and perform. Right. Um, so it was just very touching. Um, and I know this means a lot to them and to us, too. Right. The fans. So, you know, so when I say the vibe was off, you know, maybe it was just them shaking off a little bit of like stage rust. Right. Which is natural is warranted. Um, you know, they were just getting their bearings. Right. So, you know, uh, and again, they were also probably, you know, overwhelmed with emotion. So all of that is totally understandable. Um, and, and again, I, I want to stress the fact that they were putting on a show. Right. It was it was it was Mama Moo. <laughs> It was just so amazing. And I, 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 Starry Night, again, for that one song was just amazing. But again, with the critical eye, knowing what happens next and looking back on it, it was just like a little bit of a vibe was a little bit off. I'm just saying, watch it again. Tell me, you know, if I'm full of shit or if if I'm just seeing some stuff that wasn't even there. Right. Um, But again, it was fabulous. And I was getting my entire life. I loved it. Uh, So and then and then. Right. You know, and then the shit hit the fan. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, even now, like, kind of want to throw up. <laughs> uh, but I won't. So let, how about this? Let, let me let me just stick to the facts. Right. Um, because that's probably the only way I'll even be able to get through all of this. Um, so here are the facts. So at the end of Starry Night. Right. So the girls, you know, they close out the song, you know, as per usual. And they're like, you know, right. And then on the bum. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, I I actually listened to some of the previous episodes and I realized that I I am never should ever never ever again sing. So I'm sorry. <laughs> and if I do it should only last like 2 seconds at the max. Um but yeah, but you know, you guys know Starry Night. So at the at Starry Night at the end, they go and then and the bomb this time like a pyrotechnic, you know, located right in front of Wien it just goes off, right? So it, it, it kind of like, it snaps, crackles, and pops and, and it up vertically, you know, from the ground. And it has that kind of, you know, trademark, you know, go- golden, like yellow plume. And then it kind of gives way to some smoke, right? And they're all standing there in their final, you know, kind of that final uh, star hand pose, right, of Starry Night. And, <laughs> and I'll just say real quick, you know, 
forget ending fairies. Like the four of them are giving full on boss bitch, right? Like it is just their final stance. You know, y'all know the stance and it's just them stunting on us all. Like, like just, yeah, I loved it. Um, and you know, people are cheering and it's just equal parts, wonderful and glorious, right? (laughs) So, so then there's like a beat of silence and then the girls then start to transition over into the, the, the first formation of hip, which is the next song and hip, it starts on the floor. So, and, and, and right away, right, here's where it goes. Here we go. Right away, everybody notices that something is wrong with Wean, right? <laughs> um, and, you know, what we just jump into the, the, you know, what happened. What we later find out is that, you know, some of the dust or the particles, you know, from the fireworks actually went into her cornea of her fucking eye, right? So, you know, long story short, the, the, the Live, which is her management company, uh, for her solo work, you know, they put out a statement later on, uh, and we'll get to that soon. Uh, but they put out a statement in the, that talked about, you know, that they said that that was what went down, basically, you know. But I'll just say, like, at the time, we didn't know uh, for real what was going on, right? We just know that something wasn't right. <laughs> and, you know, so, so you know, they're going to the hip formation. We in turns around, and she goes to sit down for hip. And then she turns back around to face the audience. And then, you know, when, when she turns her back to face the audience, she, like, puts her head down and she's, like, tending to her eye. And it's like she kind of winces in pain, right? So, so obviously, something is wrong, uh, kind of, like, in the face area, right? And, but, you know, right? You know, at this point, we're like, okay, she, she'll shake it off. Or this is what I was thinking. I was like, okay, something's wrong, but she'll shake it off, right? You know, because the show must go on, right? Oh, my gosh, wrong. <laughs> so, so hip starts right and you know how it starts you know with the little kind of boom clack you know kick it right um and you know we and during that kind of intro or prelude part right when is still tending to her eye and and she's kind of like hiding her face behind like a wall of hair um and and while she's sitting on the floor she she actually does like a little bit of hand choreo and then she stands up when they're all standing, you know, for this, like the true start of the song, like, you know, in earnest. Right. But by now, like she's totally out of formation um, and she keeps tending to herself. Right. You know, she's something, you know, she's she's not doing the choreography and basically it's now escalated. Right. So we know like something is fucking wrong. <laughs> like and then so she does a few hair flips, you know, because I could see as you're tending to your face, she's like, OK, trying to move her hair out of her face. You know, she's holding her face. And we still don't know what's really going on. So, and, and it, but she's now visibly like she looks disoriented. She's like walking over to the right. Her head is totally bent down. And now, you know, we, we, we already know something is wrong. Right. And, and even if we didn't know, let me just say this like visually, like we got that sense as well. So, you know, because like Solar, Hwasa, and Wien, I mean, excuse me, Solar, Hwasa, and Moonbiel, you know, they're over here on the stage. And then Wien is like over there, right? Like totally out of position, clearly going through it. And like people at home are like, what is wrong with Wien, right? You know, like all caps, what the fuck is happening? Like, holy shit. And it was just like, no, oh no, no. Like, oh shit. Somebody help my baby, right? You're like, oh my God. So, and, and let me just say, you know, me, I'm the people at home. <laughs> having this reaction um okay and and i can laugh about it now let me just say i could laugh about it now because i know she's okay but at the time it was not a laughing matter let me just say that like everybody was really concerned you know i live on twitter and like while this is happening like the whole timeline is just like pure chaos right so 
I just, I remember just seeing like exclamation points, like every, everywhere, <laughs> everywhere I turn, you know, and then everything's in, in capital letters all of a sudden, you know, tweets are flying, you know, like a mile a minute. Um, and then like, you know, I was just say so originally like folks were, you know, tweeting, you know, in an organized fashion, like, you know, tweeting with the hashtags and stuff like that. And like, seriously, the hashtags start to get dropped because everybody is just reacting and like, and we in is hurt at this point. So we're like, fuck the hashtags. Like it was just at this point, like it was just basically fuck everything, you know, because we, until we see a confirmation that win is okay. Right. So, you know, so that's what's happening at home. <laughs> okay. And then, you know, let's go back to what's happening on stage, right? So, so on stage, you know, we're at like legit code red, right? Because, um, you know, now the other girls have noticed uh, that something is wrong and just, you know, poor, poor Wien, right? You know, but also like poor Solar, Hwasa, and Moonbyul because, you know, here they are, right? In front of thousands of people, and you know all of them, right? They're they're all still doing choreography, but you could tell that they're not into it because their attention is on Wien, and Wien is her attention is on like what the fuck is happening to my eye, right? And like literally, you know, you know, their heads are turned, you know, kind of one by one to check on Wien, um, and they're obviously worried, you know, like it was like actually scary, you know, it was scary shit, like just overall, and it was real. I mean, it was just so real. Anyways, and then Wien, so I mean, just bless her heart, right? So it was so tough to watch. Um, but you could see her trying to like rally, right? She's trying to rally, trying to continue. Um, and you know, the part in the hip choreo where, you know, they get in the line and then they kind of do the, the, the guitar, like the backward step, you know, she goes into that formation, but she's still visibly, she's still going through it. And she's obviously in pain. Um, I think I saw one screen, you know, like there's like literally tears tracking down her cheeks, right? And it's just a, it's a fucking mess, right? So when she ends up having to leave the stage to go get help, right, from staff or whatever. Um, and I really think, like, she she would have tried to stay up there and, and tough it out um, because, you know, she's that committed, right? Um, but there's a clip, actually, where it looks like Hwasa just like basically told her to go, right? <laughs> um, you know, Wien is a trooper. She, I feel like Wien would have stayed up there, but then, you know, Wien, when she's, Wasa was like, girl, go, right? So and then Wien goes to get help and just like, whew, you know, like it was stressful. Let me just say it that way. Like, you know, why? And, and I have the question, like, why didn't anybody tell me that there would be days like this? Like, oh my gosh, like I, when it happened, I was like, I need a drink and I don't even drink. <laughs> But but here's the deal. So it doesn't end there, right? So so now, you know, Wien, she has like exited stage right, right? And nobody knows what's happening. Um, nobody at home, nobody on the stage. And at this point, you know, uh, and again, not knowing the extent of the, the injury, I actually thought like, oh, okay, well, maybe, you know, they tend to Wien, but maybe she can come back out. But no, 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 that that's not the case. So, you know, because like after they finish hip, a stage manager comes out and they talk to Solar Moonbill and Wasa and uh, basically they make an announcement to the audience. And side note here real quick, because, <laughs> of course, you know, they made the announcement, but the announcement was in Korean. Right. So, you know, I'm still in shambles at home talking about, like, you know, like what the hell is happening? And but then I'm like, but no, really, you know, for the class, like what the hell is happening? Like somebody please translate because like I, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> So, and I don't have the direct translation in front of me, but basically, 
you know, Wasa says that Wien isn't coming back. Well, they they all say so. It's Wasa Moonbill and Solar. They all say that you know Wasa, you know, excuse me, Wien isn't coming back, and they're going to continue the show. And um, and then because remember, like at this point in the set, they still have two songs left. They still have Dinga and Um Oa Aya, right? And they also announced that they are going to continue, but without choreography, right? So and they just are encouraging the the fans to you know have fun, you know, freely, right? So, and I'll just have to say, like, you know, and what, what follows after that announcement is just nothing short of amazing, right? You know, it's the three of them. So Solar, Buley, and uh, Hwasa, you know, they, you know, do what they do best, like, which is entertain, you know, and now it's in free form. Um, so they're like all over the stage. <laughs> and it was great. I mean, they're interacting with each other. They're hyping the crowd. It's actually very impressive uh, to see because they literally made lemonade out of like the crappy hand that was uh, dealt to them due to like these unfortunate you know circumstances um so i'll just say it was excellent overall um and and i'll just say this too you know don't take my word for it so let's just hear i have a few um uh quotes from a few twitter users uh that also you know had their commentary about like what went down so let me i'm just going to read a few of these real quick so aquarius underscore 156 you know here's a quote that said you know, honestly, Mamamoo's professionalism is applaudable. The fact that Wien tried to perform even though uh, firework dust irritated her eye, the way the other members kept checking on Wee uh, while still performing, and the way they ditched the choreo and kept hyping up the crowd after Wien left the stage is really amazing. The way the girls communicate with each other through each other's eyes is cool, honestly. Mamamoo's commitment towards music and performing is next level. I hope Wien and the other members are okay, end quote. So that I, I love that uh, uh, comment. Next quote, real quick, is from Gara Rosita. So G-A-R-A Rosita. Um, and here's a quote. So they said, you know, all, all was shaken, but it only took seven seconds before Mamamoo can discuss the situation and act upon it. Mumbil addressed Wien's situation. Hwasa addressed the audience. And Solar got back on the task. All members are leaders here, and the group has perfect synergy. End quote. And then just two more real quick. So uh, next one is from Mary Mumu underscore. And here's a quote from them. They said, you can tell Mama Moo was pissed and worried with what happened, but they were very professional as always and even tried to keep the energy high. The next performance will go better for the girls. Thank you for this one as well. End quote. And then the last one I wanted to read out real quick is from Zingle to Moo. Uh, and they said this. They say, uh, the way they just instantly decided that they will ditch their choreography and distribute Wien's lines shows their ability to adapt to any situation born from their years of experience. I couldn't be prouder. End quote. So agreed, agreed, agreed. I want to say thank you to those users for those comments. And, and the reason I picked those comments is because they encapsulate encapsulate what I was thinking as well. So, you know, bottom line, Mama Moo is amazing. And I can't say it enough. And you know what? Um, just real quick, it, it, I'll get to the statement in the live in a second. But I, I think I just want to mention that, you know, one thing that I think I'll always remember from this performance was actually the uh, Um O Aya uh, performance from this event. 
Um, so, you know, you guys know like the bridge part. I think it's called a bridge, but the, there's a part, you know, where this song totally changes. And then usually in the concerts, you know, Moon Sun is doing their thing and Wisa, they're doing their thing. And they, they both split up and they're outright flirting with each other and playing with each other. And um, so like so during that during this event and during that part of the song, Wien is gone. Right. So and you can kind of see Solar, you know, seeking out Hwasa and kind of being her mommy, like uh, goofy self. Right. And like. Hwasa is really like her child. Um, and then Moonbill jumps in and you have the, the unease um, looking out for the maknae, right? And it just felt so right. You know, like, you know, like it was just felt like everything can go to shit, right, around them. Um, but they'll always be there for each other. And and it's just, you know, again, every opportunity I can to shout out Solar, I will. And I um, mean, I can go on and on about Solar and how much I admired her as the best leader. Uh, but here we go again, right? <laughs> so, you know, and and I won't dwell on it, but I think Sh- Solar showed yet again, you know, her leadership and protection of her members. And this time she did it by being present, um, you know, so because like literally the way she gets into Wasa's face and she just starts, you know, playing with her and Umo, Umo Aya um, and kind of fo- forces Wasa to stay in the moment too, right? While also kind of serving as the anchor uh, for the group as they're doing like the crowd control as well. It, I mean... I love solar. I just want to say that, you know, and of course, of course, right. Moonbill and Hwasa did their things too. Um, they really did help hype up the crowd. Uh, and again, no choreo, but just with the strength of their, you know, combined personalities and their talent, like they rocked that shit. It was, it was so cool to see. And it was just beautiful to just see it play out overall. Okay. So let's segue over to the statement from the live uh, about Wien's condition, because again, at the time, we were also worried about, you know, um, how she was doing because we didn't have any information around like kind of what even what actually happened. Uh, so at the time, we were still seeking, you know, assurance that she was OK, even because, again, we didn't know. So, you know, a few hours after the concert, you know, the live posted a statement. And, and remember, you know, the live is the management company that we went to last year for her solo work. Uh, so her the group work is still managed by RBW, but we and solo work is under the live. Uh, and they put out the following statement later that night. So here's what they had to say. And direct quote. So it says, hello, this is the live. Uh, Today, our agency artist, Wien, experienced pain in the eye due to residue from a stage effect device while completing her activities. Right after the incident occurred, she visited the hospital and received a detailed eye examination. With the examination results, she received a diagnosis of a cornea wound from a foreign body. Currently, she is resting after being prescribed with the appropriate treatment and medicine. If there is a change in her future schedule, we will announce in a separate notice. In order to quickly update Mumu, who must have been very surprised at the news about Wien today, we ask for your understanding for the late night notice. We also apologize for causing worry for Mumu, who always shows support for Wien with this unintentional accident. In the future, for Wien's full recovery, we will proceed with activities while prioritizing our artist's health, end quote. <clears throat> so, yeah, so it all comes down to uh, a cornea wound from a foreign body. And shit, you know, I know that was painful. I mean, and, and here's why. So there's actually a Twitter user named MMM4 Plus, you know, who kind of appears to have had a similar injury uh, before. And they said this. He said, I applaud Wien so much, honestly, because the pain is freaking unbearable. 
Now, I don't know if her, her cornea got scratched like me or if it's just something more important. Uh, but if it's a scratch, you feel a burning pain like you got your eye cracked open and can't see anything. Literally blurry. End quote. So just like, ah, you know, how like ugh. just thinking about it, like I'm in pain. Right. And just literally, you know, poor Wien. Um, I again, my heart goes out to her. I hope she's not in too much pain. Um, and I mean, but just overall. So that was that was a statement uh, from the live. And and honestly, so there are a few folks out there who think RBW should have also said something since, you know, this went down during a group uh, schedule. Uh, but till now, I think they've been silent. And here we are, like, one day removed from the event. And I don't think I've even seen a statement from the event organizers either. So, you know, there's no statement from a, a, the Incheon uh, Airport Sky Festival itself. And I won't speculate, you know, as to why, you know, these entities haven't said anything, uh, at least, you know, about this incident publicly. Um, but it is definitely noted. Let me just say it that way. Um, and I know also a lot of folks are angry about, at the promoters in the, in the venue um, at this kind of airport event because of the lack of safety considerations, right, for the artists. So, you know, when you see the videos, um, you know, that pyrotechnic or firework or whatever we're calling it, right, that was like fucking right in front of Wien. You know, it was... I don't, I'm not sure of the actual distance, it, but it looks like it was like less than three feet away. And, and again, that's generous. Like it could have been like one and a half, maybe two feet away, like right from her face. So, you know, regardless, it's too dang close. <laughs> like, like, come on. Um, and then I've seen online, there's a little bit of back and forth as to, you know, whether Mama Moo had a, a technical re- rehearsal or not. Um, because, you know, there, people are saying like, okay, if they had had a, a, a rehearsal, perhaps they wouldn't have been positioned there and yada, yada, yada. But to me, I'm just saying it shouldn't even matter, right? You know, you got, why are the pyrotechnics going all so close to the artists? And, and it's just, and honestly, it, again, forget this airport event. It's, it's not just here in this event with Mama Moo. It's also, I feel like it's like an industry thing as well that, should, you know, more attention should be paid to safety, right? Um, because there's just too many instances. I, I've, I'm a, a baby uh, moo and, and I've only been a fan for a short time. I've only been a K-pop fan for a short time as well. But even I, I mean, like literally like, you know, I think didn't like a staffer at P Nation, like somebody got killed on the job uh, recently. And then you guys know I, I like Red Velvet and I love Wendy um, but that girl, you know, she fell off a stage and was out of commission, like, for more than a year. And, and, and literally, by the grace of God, that girl is back and she's, you know, able to uh, even still have a career. Because there was, uh, for for months, there was uh, a time where it was like, she may not even be able to return, right? <laughs> so, and, and, and again, just to bring it back to Mama Moo, you know, we saw Kwasa slip and fall, right, at K-Pop Flex. Um, because of some, some wetness on the stage. Right. And I just say, I mean, those are just a few examples I could think of, like kind of off the top of the head here, but you know, all of it is, it's an industry wide thing that, and, and it's, it's unacceptable, right. You know, I feel like the entire industry needs to do better about, um, you know, protecting the safety of the artists and, you know, cause somebody can get hurt and, and people have consistently been hurt. Um, and, uh, this is the kind of thing that can be avoided, right? Um, so, I, I mean, again, I'll leave it there because I don't want to get too riled up. Um, but, you know, kind of in effort to to kind of end this uh, kind of play-by-play uh, of sorts, on a positive note, um, I'll share a message from Wien uh, to Moo Moo's that uh, came out this morning 
on the fan cafe. So here's the note from Wien. It says, Moo-moos! <laughs> All of you must have been worried, right? Uh, I'm fine, so don't worry. I've been applying medications diligently. It will heal soon. Uh, end your weekends well, and let's meet soon. End quote. So, and again, thanks to Luna Estrelados for that uh, translation. So I just, you know, again, hopefully that's ending it on a, a positive note. Um, and it is kind of nice to hear from her. It's a little bit of a sigh of relief. Um, and it's good, to, again, to it, we're hearing from her directly. It sounds like she's in good spirits as well, which is always good. So I'll just say, you know, just by way of ending here a little bit, um, just the play-by-play portion. You know, we in, you know, if you're listening, um, I'm sending along warm wishes for a speedy recovery, right? Um, I, I hope you aren't in too much pain. Um, but I'll just say this, please, please, please take as much time as you need to heal. Don't force it on our account. I know I speak for the fans uh, when I say we want you to be happy and healthy. Um, and we'll be waiting here for you whenever you return, right? So Moo's, we're not going anywhere. We're never letting go, as you can, you know, as we always say. And um, I just want to say my enduring love and admiration to you, Wien. Um, as well as every other member of Mama Moo. So Solar, Moonbyul, Hwasa, and Wien, I am proud to be a fan of Mama Moo because of the events like this, right? Um, you guys are all remarkable human beings, and I just want nothing but the best for you, always. So, you know, with that, I'm going to take a quick break and then uh, provide some of my personal thoughts uh, and then close out the pod. Mama, Mama Moo! Okay, so that's what went down uh, at the Incheon Airport Festival. Uh, and now, I mean, just by way of kind of closing out the whole thing, I'm, I think I'm going to ramble a little bit. <laughs> um, and I hope uh, that you stay with me, right? Uh, but And I'll try to be quick about it. But, you know, just walk with me uh, for a little bit because here are my key takeaways. And I'm probably going to be marinating on them uh, in my mind for a while to come, right? Uh, and it's only really like two things. Uh, but let me, let me talk here. So the first thing... Uh, I mean, it's the obvious, right? So it was very painful uh, to watch Wien get hurt. And, you know, I'm glad that she appears to be okay, right? I mean, of course, that's the most important thing. Um, But to put it simply, like, you know, an artist that I love got hurt. So I got hurt too, right? (laughs) And I think all of her fans felt the same way. You know, it's, it's not exactly like a warm fuzzy, you know, to see her on stage struggling, um, you know, nobody enjoyed that. But I, I want to say, here's the interesting part. So I also experienced, you know, kind of like a second layer of pain. Uh, and I don't know if pain is the right word. Like maybe it's more of like a realization or like maybe an inconvenient truth or something. I don't know. Um, but the there's another layer that kind of cut a bit deeper. Um, and I'll try to describe it uh, just now. So, you know, like when that firework went off, um, it was kind of like, a shock, right, you know, uh, to the system for me. Uh, so you know, uh, the best way I could put it is like, you know, like when you're having like a daydream and, and then like somebody taps you on the shoulder and, and tries to talk to you and you have that kind of jump scare <laughs> as you kind of you're crashing back to reality, right? Um, to me, you know, seeing Wien uh, get hurt kind of gave me that little zap, right? That little zap of like realism, you know, and, and also realization, and, and I'll tell you why. So, you know, it's, and it's, honestly, it's more of a commentary on me than anything else. But um, I mentioned previously that I, I kind of use K-pop as a means of entertainment, right? But also escapism. Um, and of course, I have other things, you know, I have family, I have sports, uh, other music, you know, books. I'm actually devoting a lot of my energy right now to um, learning a new language. 
Um, so, you know, uh, so I have a lot of hobbies, but then, you know, there's K-pop, right? And specifically within K-pop, you know, I, I spend a lot of time with Mamamoo. Um, so when I have free time, you know, I hop over to YouTube and I escape essentially into like a, a whole other world. Um, as I watch these, you know, Mamamoo video clips and, and you guys know all the clips, right? You know, whether it be like Idol Radio, Mamamoo TV, uh, Mumbuli Da, We In The, whatever, fill in the blank, Hwas's content, you know, all of their guest appearances, you know, and on and on and on and on, right? So, um, and because, you know, I, I don't know the girls, <laughs> I've never met them before in person. I've never seen them in person in real life uh, in concert, <laughs> Um, uh, world tour. I'm just saying, I don't know. Sorry. It's just something in my third world tour needs to come <laughs> world tour anyways, but, <laughs> but for the most part, um, you know, the ladies of Mama Moo, they kind of exist in a, in a fantasy world for me, you know, and I know, <laughs> I mean, here, here's the deal. I know that they're real. Right. I mean, and I see them do like mundane things all the time. Right. Um, but it's always in the context of being a celebrity K-pop idol. I mean, like, for example, let me, um, so, you know, we, we see solar, you know, yeah, she's in a waiting room, right? That's a, a mundane experience, but then she'll, you know, put on a wig and then slay that shit as like uh Matahari, right? <laughs> or like another example, let's say, you know, we see Wasa sitting in a chair, but, oh, by the way, you know, that chair is two seats down from fucking Anna Wintour, right? <laughs> and, and it's in Italy. Um, so I was just saying that the lives that they lead are just fantastical, right? Um, and this is, um, you know, and, and what they do, it kind of is consistently reinforced, you know, the kind of the fantasy aspect of it for me. Because, you know, the lives that they lead are so separate from my own, right? <laughs> um, and hence, you know, the, the sense of escapism, right? Uh, so, so I'll just say this, you know, like when Wien got hurt, you know, and, and again, it was serious. It was like the, the fourth wall uh, of the, the, the fantasy was kind of like pierced, right? Um, because suddenly, you know, we were cast into the unknown. We didn't know what was happening. It got scary, you know, it, it was the uncertainty crept in, you know, and really like real talk, you know, shit got real, right? It, was, it got real as fuck. <laughs> and I'm familiar with the real world, right? You know, it's it's the human condition, you know, sometimes it's joyous, right? And sometimes it's a hot mess. Uh, there's highs and lows. There's everything in between. I mean, I'm familiar. Don't get me wrong. So it's, it's not a big deal uh, that that kind of fourth wall was, was pierced. Um, but it was just really interesting to me uh, that I had that that kind of like quick moment of realization, you know, when it kind of encroached on my safe space, you know, that I had created in Mama Moo, right? So, I, and I hope that makes sense, like, because uh, <laughs> you know, let me just say, so to me, Mama Moo is a safe and fun space for me to chill, you know, away from the trials of life, uh, of, of of real life, of true life, right? And then here comes like realism, you know, they just kind of came through like a wrecking ball, uh, like when we and got hurt. Um, and again, it's not it's not good or bad um, and, and because really, I, I don't try to think in those terms even really. It, it just is. Um, but I just admit, you know, I had a little bit of a moment. Right. So that's the first thing. Uh, <laughs> and I know it's random as hell, uh, but it is what it is, you know, and, and please don't laugh at me because uh, <laughs> I, I like had this, you know, existential moment where like, oh, wow, they are real. Right. Because, you know, I could feel I could feel Wien's pain in that moment. Uh, and it, it, it 
it made every it was, again it was a sense of realism in my escape escapism safe space uh, anyway whatever so let me go on to the next thing and again this is where I'm kind of going to end as well but the second thing is uh, uh, in terms of things I wanted to just say out loud, right? You know, I actually came out of this event, even though it was an accident and it was horrible. Um, I came out of this event with like a greater sense of, uh, gratitude, you know, for Mama Moo, you know, because it just hit me all over again, you know, just how ch- cherished, yeah, I can't even say the word, just how cherished, uh, these moments really are, but on like so many different levels, right? You know, and I and and I mean this, like you know, just look at everything that had to go right for Mama Moo uh, to be in that moment, you know, where everything went so wrong. <laughs> and let me let me expound on that. So, like, literally, the last time you know we we saw them was four months ago at K-pop Flex, and the time before that, you know, maybe you know, besides like a fan sign, you know, here or there. It was like literally years ago, right? And, and why is that? You know, it was because we had a, a fucking global pandemic. You know, where roughly like 6.5 million people have died, right, worldwide. So, and even right now, I mean, Russia has started a draft, you know, into their war for for Ukraine. Here in America, like monkeypox and polio is back. Of, of all things, polio is back. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, we have fires in the West. We have flooding in the South. We have like hurricanes, you know, wiping out power to like entire countries in, in Puerto Rico. Um, you know, I mean, literally right now, as we speak, they're like turning off the Internet to full countries, you know, country level wide in, in terms of Iran, because women are sick and tired of being told what to do. Right. So. So, again, you know, and then and I can go on and on. I mean, we even have, you know, global warming and the generational challenges that come with that, you know, in terms of trying to save our only habitat. You know, there's just so many hap- there's so many happenings, so many currents. Um, and, and, and all these like kind of like numerous unprecedented times, right? And if I even said that word right, unprecedented times, you know, you know, which we've seen like these currents, they have a direct impact on, on whether Mamamoo can even participate in events like this and be on stage, right? Um, and again, just follow me. I, I know I'm rambling, but you know, what I'm trying to say is, you know, I mean, you have unprecedented times and then you have these practical things, you know, at play, like whether or not the girls are healthy. Right. <laughs> um, you know, and, and maybe, you know, maybe I'm just getting older. Right. And I'm being more contemplative. But, you know, that old adage that says, you know, tomorrow is not promised. I think that is real. And so any time, you know, Mama Moo is able to come together and is actually pretty cool. Right. I'll just say it like that. Right. And then. And and that was why, you know, there was that fever pitch of like excitement and <clears throat> and like euphoria uh, that came when they took the stage initially, because it, it's been a while, right? And we've all been through some shit, uh, even to get there. Uh, and you know, and that's why it was so unfortunate, you know, that the accident happened. Uh, just overall, so overall, and I'll finish this up. But you know, it really crystallized for me. Uh, also, so so not just the unprecedented times and everything that has to go that has to fall in line, such that it has the created space such they can even take the stage, right? But it also crystallized for me the fact that you know dreams aren't promised either. So you know, and and here's what I mean by that. You know, we we hear that refrain from Mama Moo often. They always say something like, um, "What do they say?" They say you know, uh, we had the same dream, 
right? And it's literally like in the lyrics of like, where are we now? Um, that came the song that came out last year. Anyways, you know, every member of Mamamoo has the same dream. <laughs> and it's so, so, so special, you know, like, do you know how rare it is for four people who are as unique <laughs> and different as the four women of Mamamoo um, to actually have the same dream and want to be a K-pop idol and also want to be a part of this, you know, hopefully lifelong project that is Mamamoo, right? So like, you know, and if you don't think it's special, like, let's just do a thought exercise real quick, real quick. Like I said, I'm rambling, but just, you know, again, you're here, we're here, let's just do this. Let's do a thought exercise. So let's say, you know, you get four people in the car and it could be like four friends, four family members, you know, whatever, who cares, right? Four people. Get four people in a car and try to decide where to go to dinner. <laughs> and, and, and report back to me. Like, tell me how it goes, right? You know, I promise you, you will get four different answers. And, and even if you do get consensus, like everybody gets consensus, of, okay, here's where we're going to go for dinner tonight. You know, somebody's going to compromise. Somebody's not going to be happy and, and so on and so forth. And, and what I'm trying to say is, you know, try to do that again the next day, right? And the next day after that, for like eight fucking years. <laughs> That's essentially what Mama Moo has done, you know. And if you really think about it, it's, it's remarkable and nothing short of amazing. Um, you know, they are all committed to this thing called Mama Moo. And it's not just every day for the past eight, year, eight years when things were good, right? But it's even in the face of it, adversity they continue to be committed to Mama Moo. Like, Wien, Wien, here we go. Wien had a damn firework go off in her face and cause debris to damage the cornea of her eye. And Homegirl stayed on stage. <laughs> like, you know, in pain, trying to hit choreography and put on a show for Moo Moo's, right? Like, and why? Why Why did she do that? You know, really, why? It's because she's committed to her dreams and she's committed to the dreams of Mama Moo as a collective and she knows that the even the opportunity to be on stage during these unprecedented times is such a privilege and she knows it's rare and it should be cherished right so you know and so that's my final word I'll just leave it there you know Moo Moo's every moment should be cherished I'll just say that I mean and every dream should be cherished because, you know, everything, all of this, you know, it's, it's so, it's, it's so ephemeral, right? It's, it's, these times are so fleeting. Um, you know, what did, what did it say? It's like spring, right? Um, and I actually, and that's what, that's what I want to say out loud. Like I actually felt it viscerally, you know, this weekend because, and it was enough, you know, really, truly to like take my breath away because you know, and I'll just repeat what I said earlier. Like, I am so thankful and grateful for Mama Moo. And, you know, the fact that they had the same dream um, is just amazing. And, and I, I wanted to say that out loud because I cherish them too, you know, um, overall. So, th so those are my kind of final thoughts on the day. Um, and what a day, right? Um, and again, it's, I'm just one day removed from it. So it, it went down on Saturday. I'm, I'm recording this on Sunday. Um, I'm rambling a lot. Of, I'm still reacting to what went down. Um, so, you know, just take it with a grain of salt, but, um, you know, so I'll just leave that as my final word. Um, I, I cherish Mama Moo and I love them. Uh, so 
so real quick, let me transition over um, just to say a few quick programming notes. So, you know, we, we haven't gotten a world tour announcement yet, but I hope one is forthcoming. Um, but we do have a tsunami wave of uh, festival appearances coming up. And like, holy Batman, <laughs> we are going to be well fed. So Mama Moo is coming back for you. Yes. Um, so we had the uh, airport uh, sky festival yesterday on the 24th. Uh, up next, Mamamoo is slated to appear in the following. So on the 28th, they're doing the Kukman University Autumn Festival. On uh, September 30th, they're doing the Hanbit uh, School Festival. On October 1st, they're doing the K-pop Hallyu Inc. concert. And then on the 19th, they're doing the 2022 Gear Young World Military Culture Expo opening. Um, so, and, and I, these are subject to change, of course. And, and actually I was kind of confused as whether or not one of these may have been canceled or unconfirmed. So for the mar- most part, I think what I just told you was correct, but I'll just say, check your local stand accounts and, uh, you know, the RBW accounts and, and other accounts that just report on Mama Moo, just make sure you're up to date on all the information, but there's a lot of festivals coming. That's the main point. <laughs> um, and basically it's like four or five major festivals, uh, kind of back to back in the next few weeks. And then, um, and I'm totally looking forward to it. And then I also just want to give a shout out, you know, I'm also looking forward to the Netflix special. It's called Take One. And that's going to go down. I mean, it's basically, uh, it's uh, going to be, as I understand it, it's going to be available worldwide. Um, and it's going to include Mamamoo uh, featured alongside other artists. And I'll try to get into that. In, I mean, no promises. I'm going to, you know, uh, just come in your to your feed whenever I have the time. Um, but that, uh, take one, uh, Netflix special, it premieres October the 14th and yes, I will be there. <laughs> so I just want to say, you know, there's so much ahead and there's, and, and I know they always say, you know, they're just getting started. So I, I absolutely love it. So Moomoos, I hope you're doing well. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and end it there and say, thank you so much for listening until next time. You know, y'all be easy and Mama Moo, I love you. All right. Bye.